this the other day, and uh, you know, it's one of those passages, you know what it's going to say, you know what comes left next, you know uh, there, there's no mystery in it, there's no, uh, you know, you, you've read this many times, you've heard it preached and taught many times, and then a couple things really stuck out at me, and it, it almost surprised me, I don't know why it surprised me, but I was a little surprised, and I was thinking, my goodness, I'm again so thankful for God's Word. Amen. You know, uh, how many times have I read this, studied it, preached from it, and still God's Word has more. You know, it is a well, uh, it's a deep well, and I'm thankful for that. You can dip into it uh, and give you, and it gives you what you need, uh, and uh, just the details of God's Word just amaze me when we dig into it. So I want to look at uh, Luke 24. We're going to start in verse 36. So near the end uh, of the chapter. So Luke 24, 36 uh, says this, And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they should have seen uh, a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them, and said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but ye, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Lord, we thank you for your word one more time. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to dig into it tonight. Lord, open up our hearts and our minds. Lord, that we ask that the Holy Spirit would give you the unction, Lord, but also help teach us tonight from your word. Lord, help us to draw, draw closer to you, to grow, Lord, spiritually in grace and knowledge. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I pray that everything would be done to uplift the name of Jesus. And in his name we pray tonight. And amen. 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 So this last chapter of Luke is about the resurrection, and it's that day, that first Easter, uh, everything that happened after he rose from the dead. And you know, if you think about it, if you and I were going to write a story uh, about a Savior, if we were going to make a story up and come up with our own religion and and invent this story, like many people say, uh, the, the Bible has been invented and Jesus has been invented and everything else. If we were going to invent the story, I don't think we would have written it like Luke 24 and the other Gospels have at the end. We wouldn't have written the resurrection the way the Bible has it. Well, I, I just don't think we would have. And, and what, like I said before, there are so many 
little details scattered throughout this chapter and the parallel passages and the other gospels that show us uh, that when we come in on Easter Sunday, it's a celebration. You know, it's one of the uh, greatest Sundays of the year. We come in, we're excited, we're, we're pumped up, we're glad. A lot of times we have a lot of visitors, a lot of lost people. So, I mean, it, it is really something to celebrate. But that first Easter morning was not like that. It was nothing like our Easter services, nothing like it. And uh, the beginning of the chapter, you know, the women go early in the morning to the tomb. They're going to finish anointing uh, the body of Jesus. Remember, they kind of rushed everything because it was close to sundown and it was a, the Sabbath day was starting uh, and it was a high feast day. Uh, so they couldn't continue to do what they were going to do. So they had to hurry up. Remember, they wanted to break Jesus's legs, but then they were surprised he was dead already. They wanted to break his legs because they wanted him down and in the tomb so they could go worship, right? <laughs> so they could uh, enjoy these feast days and everything. Not, I mean, it's so ironic that they, let's get Jesus out of the way so then we can do the Passover, right? So we can do all these things. Uh, but anyway, uh, so the women are going to anoint. And remember, they're, they're worried, you know, how are we going to get the stone out of the way? And they get there and the stone's not in the way. It's been rolled away. Uh, so that problem's gone. But they see the empty tomb. Uh, they hear from the angel. Uh, they go back and tell the apostles. And then Peter and John, remember, they're next. That's the next part of the chapter. Uh, they go run to the tomb. They look inside. Uh, they're confused. They're not sure what's going on. And then Luke tells the story of the two on the road to Emmaus. So uh, it is those that uh, they were leaving from Jerusalem. They're going back home uh, to Emmaus where they lived. Uh, and it's later in the day by the time that they're doing this. But when you uh, encounter these in the story, they're sad. Right? They're sad. They're depressed. They're talking about uh, what's going on that day. And in fact, Jesus, when he appears with them, he doesn't ask uh, if they're sad. He says, why are you so sad? Right? Why, why is your countenance falling? He could see that. Why? Uh, what's going on with you guys? Uh, uh, what's the problem? Uh, and then, so they're beginning to tell him like, hey, where have you been? You know, have you not heard what's going on? Uh, and then, have you heard the things? And then Jesus says, what things? Uh, which I love. And uh, then they begin to talk about uh, uh, what had happened. And we're going to deal with that in a minute. We're going to put that in our passage. But also, Jesus later, when they get to the house, he reveals himself to them. Remember when he breaks the bread and prays over it? Uh, they suddenly see that it's Jesus. Uh, then Jesus vanishes away. And those two in the road, they went from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They went right back to Jerusalem and they're telling everybody else. And that's when our passage starts. That's what it's saying. And as they thus spake, that verse 36, that's the two on the road to Emmaus are telling them, we saw Jesus too, right? We saw him too. Uh, we, uh, we ran into him. We didn't notice him at first, but uh, so they're telling the story. And then Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, verse 36. So he interrupts the story and says, peace be unto you. But look at 37. And this is everyone in the room. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen the spirit. And he, Jesus, said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? See, I believe that they were afraid 
uh, and those apostles and those disciples, those early believers of Jesus, uh, they, I believe they were afraid they were going to be arrested next. They were going to be maybe not crucified, maybe, but or, or jailed or beaten or something because of, uh, uh, the, because of what happened to Jesus. They felt like they were next. And notice, Jesus, he doesn't knock on a door. He doesn't walk through a door. He doesn't do anything. He just appears. And I love the phrase in, the, in our Bible. It says he appears in the midst, right? And in that, once he raises from the dead, you know, the Bible, like I said, it is specific. Uh, it is very detailed. And it says things on purpose. And you notice from now on, when Jesus appears, it's in the midst, right? Uh, he's just there uh, when two or three are gathered in his name, just like... Like he's in the midst tonight. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. But his first words are peace be unto you. Before they're afraid, he's bringing peace. Right? That's what we see. Before they're terrified and afraid, he, the first thing he says is peace be unto you. They think that he's a ghost. Right? They think he's a spirit because he had died and now they can see Jesus. Uh, but aren't you glad? I was thinking about this is the risen Savior, the risen Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can get peace, right? Uh, the first thing he's saying is peace be unto you, and that's where we can get peace. I'm telling you what, in this world, there is nothing in this world that brings peace. Absolutely nothing. The more I feel like the more you read, uh, the more you learn, the more any of this stuff, all you read is just problems and things that will depress you. And I tell you what, if I didn't have uh, the Lord in my life, if I wasn't able to pray to him and cast my burdens on him. I don't know how I'd make it today. Right. I don't know. But I'm glad he's he's still trying to calm frightened hearts today. But look what he says in verse 39. Behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Handle me and see for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have and when they had thus spoken he showed them his hands and his feet. So notice Jesus's words when he said, peace be unto you, that did not calm their fears. That didn't. They were still afraid, even after he said it. So the words of Jesus didn't settle the frightened crowd that day. So next he says, look, look at me. Touch me, right? I'm not a spirit. I'm not a ghost. I'm not, I've got a real body. I've got flesh and bones. Uh, and he says, he says, touch me. He says, handle me and see, touch me. You know what I love? 1 John 1, 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. And that word W is capitalized, talking about Jesus Christ. So we know that they touched him, right? They saw him, they looked upon him, they touched the risen Savior. Uh, but here's the thing, uh, later on that day, yes, they looked on him, they, they touched him and everything else. And you think about man I wish I could have been there I wish I could touch Jesus I wish I could have done these things in fact some people probably would even say if Jesus would appear in the midst and I was able to see him and hear him and touch him then I would believe in Jesus look at the next verse and while they yet believed not yeah it was not enough that Jesus appeared it was not enough that he said, peace be unto you. They're still afraid. And it was not enough that they could touch him. They still didn't believe. I would not have written the story that way. Right. Would you? Right. I wouldn't have written the, 
It seems almost harder. They're that skeptical. Didn't calm their fears. Touching the body didn't change anything. Appearing in the room didn't change. The greeting of peace didn't change. And letting everyone, none of it. But the Bible is real. And it's got real people with real skeptics that day. uh, Even though that Jesus was real. And you think about why. Why would they not believe? Well, this is the same man that three days prior had been mocked, had been beaten, had been scourged, had been crucified, and they watched him be buried into Joseph's new tomb, and they slid the the stone in the way, and yeah, it's empty now, but that doesn't mean a whole lot, right? It, we, we can, I can go to a cemetery and say, we buried somebody right here and, and you could see it be uh, dug up and opened and nobody's in the casket. And you, what would you think? Well, somebody stole the body, right? That's what you would think. But he says he's alive. All of these things, they touched him. Is this a ghost? Is it a mistaken identity? Uh, they, uh, and here's the thing. They believed what Jesus said when he was alive. They believed it. But now now he's dead. And this is what I want to go back to the two on the road to Emmaus. Look at a couple verses higher in the chapter. Verse 19. uh, And he said unto them, what things? You know, why are you sad? What's the news in Jerusalem? What things? And they said unto him, look at this. Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him, but we trusted that it, uh, that he... That it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today's the third day since those things were done. You know what they're saying in that passage? Every one of those verbs, not to get too much into grammar, it's all past tense. Right? Do you see that? They're saying, hey, he was a prophet mighty indeed before he died. Right? He, they killed him. Uh, he was mighty in word before God. Uh, but they crucified him. And we trusted him. We trusted him when he said he was going to deliver Israel. We trusted him. But now we don't. And even, do you see what they said to Jesus? They're they're talking to Jesus, remember. This is the two on the road to Emmaus. Today is the third day since those things were done. You see that? Well, Matthew 17, 22, Jesus said this. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, the son of man shall be betrayed unto the hands of men and they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry when he told them this. Now, Matthew 20, 18, Jesus again, behold, we go up to Jerusalem and the son of man shall be betrayed into the chief priest and into the scribes and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. They're telling Jesus that we trusted him. We thought he was going to save Israel, but he was crucified after being mocked. Uh, He died, they buried him, and now it's the third day. Jesus told you what would happen the third day. Amen. But they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. Over and over again, this is just two times, but over and over again, they didn't understand it or they didn't believe it. Uh, And here's the thing, when it really happened, there was confusion. 
It was surprising to them. Nobody had risen from the dead and they were sad. And, and like we see here, they were skeptical. And again, I think if we were writing this, we'd have made them believe much quicker than they did. But the Bible's got real people in it, which I'm glad because I'm a real people too, right? I, I'm not one that, that's quick to believe, quick to follow. I'm, I get stubborn too with the Lord and everything else and have excuses. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Look at verse 41. And while they uh, yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. So now he's asking, Do you have any food? And you're thinking, well, what does this mean? And this is one of those things where I started to think about it for a while. Why is this important? Because, again, if it's in the Bible, it's got to be important. And, and they give him the fish and the honeycomb. And I've heard people say, well, this proves that he wasn't a vegetarian. But that's not, I don't think that's the reason why it's in here. I mean, it, it's good. I like that. But, but here's the thing. What did Jesus do over and over and over again when he was on this earth? What did they, in fact, he did it so much... They pointed it out over and over again. You eat with sinners, right? And what did he do with his own disciples? He broke bread with them yeah. over and over again. You know what? I believe he was showing them one more thing. Look, this is the same me. We're eating again together, right? Guess what we're going to, guess what's going to happen when we get to heaven? We're going to eat with them. Yeah. Amen. That's what he's showing us again. Uh, just another thing. This is he shared so many more meal, um, so many meals with them. Again, he's talking like Jesus. He looks like Jesus. They can touch him uh, and everything else. He's eating with them. Then look at what's next, verse forty-four. And he said unto them, "These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning." Me. So just like he did with the two on the road to Emmaus, he goes through the basically the whole Old Testament. He goes through the law, the prophets, the Psalms. That's everything, really. That's how they would group it in those days uh, is the, the three different parts of the Old Testament. And he's going through uh, story by story, every spot where there's a type of Christ, a foreshadow of Christ, uh, you know, one of those pre-incarnate uh, times Jesus appeared over and over again, showing them and then going through every prophecy, everything that was pointing towards uh, him and the Messiah to come and showing them over and over again, here has how I fulfilled it, right? This was about me, right? The rock, just like he did, he did this in the New Testament too. In the gospels, he said that rock, that rock's me, right? Uh, that they got water in the wilderness and just went through everything, uh, everything about his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. All of those things came true. And then you even think about Isaiah 53. Everything that Isaiah 53 has came true. And then you're thinking, uh, uh, my goodness, they, so, okay, so now Jesus, uh, it's that resurrection day. Uh, later in the day, uh, you got another group. The women had told them Jesus had risen. Uh, the angels had said Jesus had risen. Uh, um, the two on the road to Emmaus saw him. Uh, then you've got him appearing in the midst of all them. He's saying, peace be unto you. So they hear his voice. Uh, he says, touch me. Uh, and, 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 and then he, he eats with them. And, and still none of them believe we get to this Bible study. And he goes through and just explains everything about himself. 
And look at verse 45. Then, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. It wasn't until here that they even believed it was the risen Jesus Christ. It's that point. And here's what it shows me. Even though he was physically there and they could touch him, that wasn't enough. You know what verse 44 shows me? His word was not enough. You're thinking, wait a second. The Bible itself was not enough for them to believe. Not without a touch from God. Right? Yeah. Not without the Lord touching them. Not with What's God do today? I tell you what, there are a lot of people that have tried to find different things and, and some of them have even read the Bible. They don't understand it or even ones that understand parts of it. Nothing will change until the Holy Spirit, until God Amen. touches their heart. Amen. And that's exactly what happened. They walked with him and talked with him for three years. They saw the miracles. They heard everything. And it didn't all come together until this point right here, until they were touched. They knew these scriptures so well. Jesus explained it to them, recited. A lot of them had, uh, some of the ones had memorized different prophecies and things like that, being Jews. But he touched their hearts. He opened their understanding. And now, finally, they could understand the scriptures and here's the thing today. I think we take for granted we've got the Holy Spirit with us. If you're saved by Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. And he is a teacher of the scriptures. He will show you uh, everything that Jesus did right there in verse 44. If you will pray and you'll put the time in and you'll rely on God, he will show you the same thing that Jesus went through. He is not trying to hide himself. Jesus is in the Old Testament. He's in the New Testament. He's in Revelation all the way through the Bible. It's about Jesus Christ, uh, but you can't always get it just by reading it. But I'll tell you what: you go to the Holy Spirit and say, uh, and and ask the and ask God and say, "Hey, I am looking at this passage right here today. Lord, show me where you're at here. Show me uh, the prophets. Show me the details. Show me the things." And God will do that every time. But many times we just want to read it like a newspaper, but that, it doesn't work that way. And here's the sad thing. There's been so many men and women through history that have picked up this Bible, religious people, people that say they follow Jesus and everything else. They will read a passage and they're so proud and everything else. Instantly they say, I understand it. Right? Have you ever been there? What usually happens? You get it wrong. Right? You get it wrong. And what do they do? They start to put doctrines together, right? They take things out of context. They'll pick one verse and hang a whole bunch of stuff on it. I, I tell you what, when you hang something on the wall, right? If you're going to hang a TV on the wall, you're not going to hang one little tiny little nail that you would hang a picture on. It won't hold it. Well, the same thing is if you take one verse, especially if it's out of context, and you build an entire doctrine around it, it won't hold it because it's not right. And this is what's happened many times. And the problem is it brings pain and destruction. 
right? And it, a lot of times it gives Jesus Christ a bad name. But aren't you glad that we've got the entire Bible? It's true. It's error free. We can get in it anytime we want. We can call on the author and finisher of our faith. We've got the Holy Spirit who can teach us and we can figure out and, and learn. Uh, and it takes a long time, but we can learn what God wants, who he is, uh, what he desires of us to do, what the future holds. We may, may not be experts in all these things, but I'm so glad that every time we get this book, God will show us something. Yeah. But without the touch of Jesus, without that help from the Lord, it will not work. It didn't work for the didn't work for the apostles. So if you think I'm lying, then you're saying you're better than the apostles. So uh, I think you got a pride problem. I think right there. But anyway, uh, but here's the thing. You know what people say in this world? Seeing is believing, right? Doesn't work with Jesus, even if he appeared. Seeing isn't believing. Well, hearing. If I just heard his voice, right? If I if I could just hear the voice from heaven, wouldn't be enough. Even if it happened, you wouldn't believe it. They didn't believe it. They heard his voice. They saw him and heard him. If I could touch his body, wasn't enough. Man, if I could just hear the best Bible study in the world, wouldn't be enough. Wouldn't be enough. To believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You know what it takes? It takes a touch from God Amen. and faith every time. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Just seeing Jesus was not faith. So it would have never worked. And it didn't. We don't need to touch him today to believe him. We just need to trust him. The Bible's true. Jesus is alive. And he's coming back. And I'm thankful for that. Aren't you? Amen. I'm glad that there will be a time soon. And, and I'm not saying that we get everything right and, and everything else. But I'm telling you what. The more you dig into the Bible and the more you let the Lord help you to learn, the more you will get right. Because he will show you things. If you're, if you're on the wrong track about something and you're open and you say, Lord, show me. Eventually, he's going to show you each and every one of those things. Now, I'm glad the Lord doesn't point out every single fault all at the same time or we'd be in trouble. Right? Doesn't he let you live for a while and then he'll point something out? Now, you've been doing that your whole life. But all of a sudden, he says, now, today we're done. All right? You know, he does the same thing with the word, I believe. I think some things he'll let us go for a while and then say, okay, you're ready for this type of meat now. But aren't you glad this word... Even our children could understand it. Yeah. What a blessing. Those young kids getting saved. Yeah. But aren't you glad it keeps going for our entire life? Amen. What a, what a God. What an amazing Savior. And I'm glad that by the end of the day, they were believing. Yes. And they were understanding. And it changed them. Amen. They were yeah. not an afraid group anymore. The whole, they get the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and the ones that were afraid are now going straight to the temple, straight to the enemy battleground, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, that's where the chief priests and everyone were, right? That's where they met and everything, and they're going right there. Uh, they're on the, uh, the steps and, and inside and everything, and they're preaching Jesus Christ and saying, you crucified him. My goodness, what a change. Aren't you glad he's made a change in our life? 
What a God. So we're going to open up... Uh,